You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome in everybody to Locked On Cardinals. It is Thursday, September the 16th. I am Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals uh, mega fan and your host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thank you for tuning in today and every day that you tune in, whether you're watching on YouTube or you are listening on your favorite podcasting platform. I thank you for tuning in today. Apologies about yesterday. Couldn't get the connection and a couple technical things with the, the with the connection uh, that I had going that, that weren't working, so it wasn't really working for me. I got busy yesterday, so I apologize. But we're back today talking some St. Louis Cardinal baseball, the title sponsor of today's show that is helping me bring you some Cardinal Baseball talk is Locked on MLB. Be sure to join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia. Paul Francis Sullivan each and every day on Locked on MLB as well as on YouTube for a look at the majors both past and present. And the Cardinals are flying high as it was tweeted out on the Locked on Cardinals uh, Twitter page at LO underscore Cardinals. Didn't get it, did not get it up, excuse me, on uh, Instagram, but I uh, talked about how the Cardinals are flying high right now. They can really do little wrong, and they did little wrong in the series against the New York Mets. So on today's show, we are talking about the New York Mets series as the Cardinals, as the, uh, the podcast title of today, Cardinals are king of New York, and the uh a lot of good things to talk about there. We're also going to preview a little bit of the San Diego Padres series, although that'll be mainly on tomorrow's episode. And then we've also got some questions from you guys to talk about on today's show. So lots and lots and lots of fun things to talk about on today's Locked on Cardinals. We're going to start all the way back on Monday and just kind of give a recap of, of the series Uh, I know we talked about Monday a little bit on Tuesday's show, but just again to reiterate how wonderful Adam Wainwright has been this season. He's he really does deserve some Cy Young consideration. And I want to be clear: I am not saying that Adam Wainwright should get a first place Cy Young voter. He should win the Cy Young, or he's in the top three Cy Young pitchers. I just think he needs to get, like I mentioned, votes and consideration. That's how good he has been this season. That's how good he was on Monday. He outpitched Rich Hill, pitched the Cardinals to a win. Talked about that, but I have not been able yet to talk about arguably the game of the year on Tuesday, or at least the game of the week so far, game of the month, game of the run, win of the month, as the Cardinals win on Tuesday against the New York Mets in extra innings by the final score of 7-6. to six. It got close at the end. Cardinals are able to prevail. So Monday, I talked about it on Tuesday's episode. Solid offense, great pitching from Wainwright, all good things. Now let's talk about Tuesday, because Tuesday was an exciting win in and of itself. The Mets jump out to a 2-0 lead, and then the Cardinals are able to scrap back in the 4th and the 8th to take the lead. Mets come back with a home run on Javi Baez, and then the 10th inning you have a supreme double play turned by the defense, and then an 11th inning victory for the Cardinals, um, even though they do, like I said, let up two runs. So if you missed the game on Tuesday, I would highly recommend going back and looking at the replay, the highlights, whatever you have to look at, because it was an incredible, incredible game. Um, obviously, it didn't start out the way you wanted it to um, as as the Mets jump out Excuse me, to, to a 2 nothing lead. They're in the very bottom of the first inning. Never a good sign when a team jumps out to a lead like that early in the contest, and it was just kind of... Um, 
a little upsetting to be to be honest with you. You know, you, you have this momentum that the Cardinals do going into the game, and then it it kind of falls short a little bit early, and you think, okay, here we go again. You know, a little bit of false open, and then back down. But that's what I think makes Tuesday one of the games of the year, at least game of recent memory, because I've talked about so often on this show. That's another contender for loss of the year. That's another contender for loss of the year. That's another bullpen meltdown. Yada yada yada. But really, we have not talked a lot about the wins of the year or the, the extreme positives of the year, and that the Cardinals gave us one of those on Tuesday. Jake Woodford wasn't extremely sharp. Yes, he did end up going four innings, only gave up the two runs in the first inning. But after that, it was the bullpen that really made it stick outside of a couple shaky areas there near near the end with Gallegos and, and Kim had, had an error there as well. But this, this was really, really an, an overall positive sight for, for the Cardinals. It, it was a huge, huge win momentum-wise because it showed that the Cardinals were able to complete a comeback not once but twice. They were able to come back, not from the dead, right, but they were able to come back a little bit more and really have success. Tyler O'Neill with a bomb, a bomb in the eighth inning of that game, a two-run shot as he continues his extremely solid, strong, not surprising, but satisfying 2021 campaign. This is a guy that, that he has been touted as, you know, possibly the, the left fielder of the future for a while, or that he has the potential to do so. And he's really, really come into his own this season. He really has. He's shown a lot of promise. He's coming off a gold glove caliber season defensive side. We still see that. But now it's nice to see the offense come all together for Tyler O'Neill. And then you go to the 11th inning of the, the Heroes in the 11th as the Cardinals plate three runs. It was an Amundo Sosa hit, and then it was an Andrew Kisner hit. And that Kisner hit was big because he, at the time, was the last player on the bench, last position player on the bench. So it was a huge, huge positive thing for everybody to contribute. Tuesday and Wednesday were, were both team wins. To me, and I'll talk about it a little bit in, in the mailbag portion of the show, but that's been one of the bigger differences of, of this run for the Cardinals is that it is a team win, team atmosphere right now. It's not just two or three guys hot on offense, a couple of good pitchers, and one or two starting pitchers. It is a team aspect. And I understand Woodford did not pitch well on Tuesday, but it, and she'll talk about this in postgame on Wednesday. It is a team win, grittiness, togetherness, all rolled up into one. They are doing their jobs and doing them well. All the processes that we've been talking about for so long are finally starting to yield results. And they were a little bit in August, or a little bit in July. August was okay, but now the Cardinals have a supreme chance this weekend, and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, supreme chance this weekend to take advantage of the Padres and kind of bury them, or at least give the Cardinals a really good chance going into the last two weeks of the season. But again, that that's a little bit segment two and a little bit as well in segment number three, or in, in, in tomorrow's show, excuse me. But Tuesday's win was an exciting momentum-building win. One of the negatives I will talk about it is is the fact who was playing right field in the bottom of the 11th inning. The double switch that occurred um, saying that, um, that, excuse me, that, that Angel Rodon, or uh, Jose Rodon, excuse me, was playing right field for, for the Cardinals there in that last inning, and didn't look uh, extremely comfortable out there in right field. Uh, Jose Rodon, excuse me, or Rondon, excuse me, having all sorts of um, problems today. Um, but but nevertheless, it was the, the the right field was a bit of a questionable spot for him. Didn't make the the entire play that you know maybe 
should have, and it, it cost a couple runs. So that that play in and of itself was definitely that, that double switch of of itself was, was definitely a questionable decision by Shield. It seems to have worked well yesterday with Lars Newbar making an incredible game-saving, possibly series season-saving catch type thing, uh, but. That that was yes that that was yesterday. Tuesday was a different story. So Tuesday, what was that kind of the story of Schilt making a questionable decision at best, in my opinion, really really questionable. Um, but nevertheless, it worked out in the end. Kim was able to get it done, and it was nice to see Kim back on the mind. Excuse me, I think I'm having connection issues on on YouTube, so I'm not sure if this will actually get to go to YouTube. But I have a backup going for for the podcast today. So apologies for that little. Um, Little mix up there, but nevertheless, we, we move on here on Locked On Cardinals. Let's talk about Wednesday's game because Wednesday's game was pretty dominating from from start to finish. Cardinals win eleven to four. This game was one of those games that it was kind of kind of hard to believe of what was happening because it just kept getting better and better and better for the St. Louis Cardinals as the game went along. Um, Cardinals scored a lot of runs late in that game, which I think was a big reason as to why it, that, that, that to me is a big, big, big positive for me when you're looking at what makes this team different than before. This team is now being able to show that they are able to score in multiple innings and not just score a bunch in one inning and call it done, but they are able to add on more and more as this, as the game goes on because the Cardinals jumped out to a five, nothing lead in the first inning. And then you get one in the fourth, two in the seventh, and three in the third. They just kept adding on a 16-hit barrage for the St. Louis Cardinals. And 11 runs being scored. Home runs by Bader, by Goldschmidt, and by Arenado. Not back-to-back, but pretty close to being back to, uh, close there. And Amundo Sosa with a really nice piece of hitting uh, going the opposite field. So it was just a really, really positive game for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it was... Like I said, to me, that that's one of the bigger difference makers of this team right now is that they're able to add on and pitch and, and hit rather extremely well. From the pitching side, it was John Lester just absolutely continuing success. Six innings, three hits, or six innings, six hits, excuse me, uh, three runs, two of those being earned, struck out seven, just gave up two home runs, just wasn't always able to keep the ball in the ballpark. Um so it, it was just a dominating performance by Miller, or by, by Lester, excuse me. I was going to say Miller did not pitch extremely well. T.J. McFarlane comes in and does pitch extremely well, goes two solid innings, um, and then Justin Miller closes it out with a strikeout and two hits in the ninth. But but all in all, I'll give my kind of thoughts on the whole series after I take a quick break, but Tuesday was probably the win of the year. Wednesday was a statement-type win, and all in all, I think you could definitely argue um, it, it was a... It was in contention for a series of the year. We've got to do it to take a quick break on the show today. i tell you about a wonderful sponsor, and then we'll get right back to the action, give you my, my recap thoughts on the whole series, as well as, um, as, well as talking a little bit about uh, Padres and then answering your questions a little bit as well. Uh, so all that and more coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Cardinals. DirecTV Stream is here to help you get your TV together because most of us have one device that lets us catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I'm here to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together, and that is called DirecTV Stream. It brings your life 
live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. Uh, no more juggling remotes anymore. No need to buy another device. And all the best things, or excuse me, the best thing about this is that there is no annual contract, so you are not locked in long term. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content does vary by package. So like I mentioned, the um, t- title of this podcast on your podcasting platforms are the Cardinals are the Kings of New York, uh, and then also the Cardinals have a playoff spot. So like, like I mentioned, um, was, I'm not going to be able to get this on YouTube today. Really bad connection issues, I guess. Uh, but like I said, I did have a backup in place today, a recording device for just the podcast. So apologies there. Uh, but this is going to, obviously, if you're listening, you know that it is out on your favorite podcasting platforms. So get back to you. Apologies for that. But the Cardinals are playing their best baseball at the best time possible. We've seen this before with Cardinals, with the Cardinals, and with really any team that it is a quote-unquote like Cinderella story. I'm not saying they're Cinderellas, but most of those Giants teams from the early 2000s started playing their best ball when it really mattered most, and it led them to championships. And the Cardinals now could be on their way to not a championship, but at least to make things interesting and crash the postseason party. I was talking about this with Jeff Carr on Locked on Reds the last week or the week before. It was last week. It was in, it was on last Friday's episode of Locked on Reds. I, it was either that or the crossover two weeks before that. I said that because he, he, he asked, what, what would be a successful season for the St. Louis Cardinals? And I said it would not be making the playoffs it, at this point. It would not just be making a second wild card. But since the second wild card is likely the only route to the playoffs, a successful season to me looks like a deep postseason run. So that would mean upsetting the Dodgers, most likely beating the Giants in the first round, going deep in the NLCS. World. Like, it would have to be a very deep, and to be honest at this point, kind of improbable run for the Cardinals to have a quote-unquote successful season. But they took a huge step towards doing that fact in, yes, in this series this week. This New York Mets series that just occurred, the Cardinals have a sweep, have now won four in a row, are 6-4 and four in their last 10, going into play. On Thursday, uh, they're going to have at least a, or in the play Friday, they're going to have at least a one-game lead on the Padres. Uh, they, they could have a game-and-a-half lead. The Padres are currently playing San Francisco today. On uh, Thursday, it, it's, it's they have a complete control of their own destiny. They took a huge step forward this week as they kind of sunk the Mets out of playoff contention. Mets are now five games out. The Reds are definitely right there at just a game-and-a-half. Padres one game out. But this team is playing inspired, a different level of baseball than really we've seen all season from the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, they've had really, really solid stretches um, of of baseball. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they had a really good early start to their season. They had a pretty solid July or uh, August. They're pretty solid July. So we've we've definitely seen some some stretches right now. But this has really been the first moment where I've I've thought to myself, okay, this is definitely. This has the looks of a playoff team, and I will say just just to go ahead and to, and to show both sides and to not just flip on whole totally positive, the Mets are not a 500 team. They're definitely in playoff contention at one point, falling off the table. So I under I understand 
um, that, that this is definitely this is still not an above 500 team. They're not improving that point of their of their record. The Cardinals still sit just 26 and 38 against teams with an above 500 record, but they were able to beat a team that was fighting for their life that it was having coming off a momentum series against the Yankees on the road and they improved their home record to above 500 37 and 36 are the Cardinals on the road and that deserves some some positivity but but th- this is some of the best baseball they've been playing all season long let, let, let's just look at the at their record by month they were 14 and 12 in April 16 and 12 in May 10 and 17 in June 12 and 11 in July 15 and 11 in August and so far 9 and 6 to start September and that includes a series loss against the Brewers and splitting with the Dodgers and again I know it's only 15 games but they're playing 600 baseball they have a, a positive run differential something um, that they did not do in the months in the month of June so the month of June is really what's going to kill this team when you look at their playoffs positioning but to just to finish up this the, the thoughts on the Mets series th- th- this kind of baseball could not have come at a better time just absolutely a wonderful time for the St. Louis Cardinals to play the way they are playing it doesn't stop now the Cardinals cannot be satisfied right now and I'm not saying they are or anything of that nature but now it, it's learning to kind of keep the pedal on the metal throat to the neck whatever you whatever analogy you want to use it's time to go and, and play the Padres this weekend Padres are no easy team. I understand that they have fallen off the table, but the Padres still have a star-studded lineup. They are still are a threat. The Padres swept the Cardinals back in May. Uh, if you don't remember that, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy that you don't remember that. That is not something that I enjoy recalling <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination because uh, it, it was an ugly series. Uh, that was back in Petco Park um, for the San Diego Padres, or for, for the Cardinals, I guess I should say. Uh, but the, um, the, this is a Padres team that has has some star power and has some capabilities of beating some pretty good teams. The Cardinals lost 5-4, 13-3, and 5-3 in the series back in May, May 14th through the 16th, and that 16th game was on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, K.K. Kim had that start. I remember that. So it, it, it does not stop. It is a nonstop grind for the rest of the season. Not to say the, the other parts of the season have been easy, but I'm just saying it gets really, really hard from here on out. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on the Padres series, tune back in tomorrow. Um, bare minimum, I'll have it out on your podcasting platforms. Hoping to get it back out on YouTube shortly, fixing these connection issues. Um, but I will have a preview of the Padres series out tomorrow. It's not going to be easy, not at all. But that's going to do it for today's um for, for, for the recap, I guess I should say, today of, of the series. Bottom line, the Cardinals have been playing some inspiring baseball the last seven days and again I get that it's only a week but it's really really good to see the Cardinals playing this type of baseball at this point of the year and like I said I know the Mets are on a playoff team but they are coming off a great momentum building series against the Yankees they're fighting for their lives at home you know they were motivated or at least one would imagine uh, so the Cardinals were able to output the Mets in pretty much every fashion of the game and come away from New York with uh, a happy flight as they say Uh, So we'll take a quick break on the show and then coming back with answering some of your questions and comments on the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, So all that is coming up here in just a quick moment. Uh, But also want to let you know that if you haven't noticed, football is back and we are better than ever at betonline.ag. Uh, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% 
welcome bonus. 100%. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use that promo code NFL100, NFL100. From football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it is your online sports book experts. We are also brought to you in part today by rockauto.com. It's a family business, and it's going to help you out because with the ever-increasing numbers and prices of car parts, it's just a hassle to go somewhere, have somebody else look this, these numbers up, and happen to only give you what they have in store. Now you know about and have always had and will continue to have access to rockauto.com at home, on the go, on your pocket, on your device. It's an online service serving family customers, family service serving customers for over 20 years. These prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. For every single customer, they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go ahead, explore their easy-to-use website today and be, find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, it's time for the mailbag portion of today's show. We're going to start with email, then go to Twitter, then go to Instagram. The Twitter is lockedoncards.gmail.com. The Instagram or the Twitter is at LO underscore Cardinals. Guess what the Instagram is as well? They're both at LO underscore Cardinals. First one coming from Dane Mass saying that um, the number one Cardinal fan lives in South Haven, Mississippi. Never been to a game other than the Memphis Redbirds, but he likes how Yanni re-signed for another year. And another question that was emailed, uh, if the DH is available, no doubt they should sign Pujols, definitely. And if Yanni and Wainwright re-sign with the Cardinals, definitely on board for the reunion of Wainwright, Molina, and Yachty. Uh, Wainwright, Molina, and Yachty. Wainwright, Molina, and Albert. And I definitely think that the Cardinals should consider it if... Albert wants to play, is okay with kind of a limited role. And if the DH comes around, if the DH comes around, you could put Albert there against left-handed pitching. You could have some fun with with marketing and things of that nature. The Cardinals, in my opinion, I agree with with Dane Mass, should definitely think about the... um, Definitely think about re-signing Albert if the DH comes around. Also emailing, emailed on Tuesday saying, I think the Cardinals are going to show if they are going to earn their way to the playoffs if they sweep the Mets. Uh, and they ended up did sweeping the Mets, so correct there. Kevin Gates emailed all the way back on Sunday. He said, I'm in shock that Cindy and San Diego are struggling as much as they are. With one game out, can the Cards actually make the playoffs? Honestly, didn't think it was possible, but who knew these teams would play as poorly as they are? Wow. Totally agree, Kevin. Did not see this coming uh, of either one of these teams, Cincy or San Diego, but both have really just fallen, um, kind of fallen flat on their faces, to be quite frank. And they just have not played well uh, when they needed to play well whatsoever. So the Cardinals definitely, you know, as of now, sit in a playoff spot, so have some momentum on their side and have 
have every they, they, they control their own destiny um, immensely for the rest of the way. So that'll do it for the email portion. I forget what I said, Twitter or Instagram first. So we're going to go with Twitter first. Um, the, um, Twitter, I tweeted it from at LJ Fastball. That's my personal account. Uh, but Hunter Landstrom at HLandstrom01. How much credit are you giving to Schilt and the staff for this stretch of success? Or are the players just stepping up at the right time? Major League Baseball is a player sport. Managers have some say. They have some, obviously, influence on the game. They can win games. They can lose games. But these are all grown men. I'm not trying to minimize the role of a coaching staff or minimize the role of Mike Schilt. But these players are stepping up. Nolan took responsibility for his for his lack of production, went out and hit two home runs the next two days, had a home run yesterday. Paul Goldschmidt has been on fire recently, cooled off a little bit, but had a home run. Tyler O'Neill is having a wonderful season. TJ McFarlane, Luis Garcia, two guys that are stepping up big time and giving the coaching staffs more options to go to. Tammy Edmund is having a really fine season after going through a rough stretch there. So I'm not sure if I give more credit or take away credit, but I just think bottom line players are stepping up more than they have been in, in weeks and, and in series past. Even the starting pitching has been strong. You have John Lester give a good start. You have Adam Wainwright give a good start this last series. Just a really strong performance from the starting staff as well. And it's one of those things that I think it's a combination, Hunter. I think I think it is a combination of, yeah, maybe Schultz making a couple better decisions. Granted, the, the poor one on Tuesday with the double switch. But it it comes down to players executing, in my opinion. So that would be my answer to that. Um, Christian Beecham, at CG underscore Beecham. Can you speak more how you envision Sosa being used beyond this season? Has he done enough to gain starter consideration? Do the cards keep him as a bench bat, but pursue a Trevor Story or Alex Correa? Thanks. Uh, thanks for your, your question, Christian. This will definitely be an off-season topic. I, I got a list of uh, off-season to-dos or off-season topics to discuss on the show. This is definitely going to be one of them that I will be going more in-depth on. Uh, but for the purposes of this episode... I think that Sosa has done everything he can to make this a hard decision for the manager, for, for the general manager, for the team, for the franchise. I was told in high school, I was a kid that didn't really play a lot, but I was told kind of a motivation tactic, make the decision as hard as you can. Play as hard as you can, make the decision hard for the coach. And that is exactly what Edmundo Sosa has done. He's an exciting baseball player. He's goes th- he goes through stretches like everybody else, but he plays hard every day i know he hit the umpire with the baseball on monday or tuesday and that was funny but also terrifying because the umpire is okay the umpire the next day and stayed in the game uh but i think it's sosa has done everything he can to being played as a starter i it, it's hard for me to turn away from a trevor story or a alec um from a carlos correa for a Corey seager it's hard to turn away from those kind of proven talents who have been doing this for years so that's where i, I kind of lean towards maybe keeping Mundo sosa as a bench bat or i think this was either said in another mailbag or emailed or something somebody else brought up this point of having a competition between Mundo sosa and tommy evan at second base because they can both play second base so I think that that'll, that's definitely something that I want to dive into more and give more thought to. But I will say, Christian, that I think Sosa has done everything he can to make this a difficult decision. And in all honesty, if he continues to play the way he's playing and he is a starting shortstop in 2022, might not be the worst thing in the world. So thanks for the question there. Uh, Robert Schlossler, or Schlosser, hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, at RSH. S-C-H-L-O-S-S-33. Considering Sosa's play on the stretch, um, 
what do you see them doing this offseason? Oh, it's right here. Robert had mentioned the competition for um, Sosa and Edmund for second base. So, yeah, kind of talked about that already, Robert. Uh, apologies, should have timed that a little bit better. Um, but I definitely think that there, there could be competition at second base if the Cardinals do sign a shortstop because Sosa deserves to have every option as a starter with how he's played this year. Uh, so Robert has one more. Um, if I had to use Wayno one last game of the season to clinch the wild card and he was not available for the wild card game, who do you start assuming Flaherty is either not back or doesn't come back as a starter? This is a golden question. I don't think the Cardinals are going to have the luxury of mapping out their starting rotation with how close they are. So they're just going to have to start their rotation as it is and go from there. So you're not going to have the luxury of kind of mapping out, ooh, I want Wayne to start the playoff game, so let's get him rest. You're just going to have to start who you're starting. And that is it. Um, And this is kind of a a combo question because Matthew Hunter, 1128 on Instagram, also asked who would start in a potential wildcard matchup. So this is kind of a segue from Twitter to Instagram. Let's think about who the other starters are outside of Wainwright. You've got John Lester, Jay Happ, Jake Woodford, and Miles Michaelis. I think I'm taking out Happ and Woodford right away. And then I lean towards John Lester as the person who is starting the very next game after Adam Wainwright. Because J.A. Happ has pitched very, very solidly. But I think John Lester has been a little bit more consistent than J.A. Happ. And John Lester kind of talked about recently of, of Adam Wainwright and his help in kind of retooling his career. So I don't think, if you if you asked me this question on July 31st, there's no way I am saying John Lester. I was literally laughing at that trade. But you look at it now, he might be the guy that, that turns around and is going to be your starter a day after Adam Wainwright. With, with, one off, with one more off day on Monday the 27th, they could, and in a devil header on Friday the 24th, they could manipulate it to have who they want starting after Adam Wainwright. They could if they wanted to. But John Lester, excuse me, really might be the guy there. John Lester or J.A. Happ are the two that I'm leading towards. Um, I think Jake or uh, Dakota Hudson might also take Woodford's spot at some point if Dakota Hudson comes back. Uh, he's been rehabbing, but in all honesty, it might be Lester or Happ. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, Memes two two zero five says we have been most. What have you been most impressed with during the surge toward the playoff baseball? The offense. The offense has turned it around. I talked about that a little bit in segment two. Arenado, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, all on fire. Even Harrison Bader turning it around here in the month of September. He's been extremely positive. Um, you just have so many people up and down the lineup producing. Molina's produced pretty, pretty, pretty well last week or so. Amundo Sosa had a home run yesterday. Just all around offense um, to to be positive. And then at or on Instagram at Andy.rup underscore ninety nine. Will we make the playoffs? Cut and dry, Andy. I like it. Will the Cardinals make the playoffs? The age-old question. It's a long question. Something that we've been asking ourselves for a long time. Can they keep up the momentum and make the playoffs? It's tough for me to sit here and give an answer. But I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to step up, give an answer to close the show. So stay tuned for the answer to the question. I want to let you guys know to follow me on Twitter, LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show LockedOnCards at gmail.com. I'll be doing these mailbags a lot throughout the offseason. And we are brought to you in part today as well by Locked On Bets. Go listen to Locked On Bets to make some money. 
Will the Cardinals make the postseason? I'm going to finish with that. First, I'm going to give you my line that I close out every show with. I hope you stay safe, stay well, have a great day. Tune back in tomorrow. Will the Cardinals make the postseason? My answer, my prediction, yes.